0: Welcome to Mindless Digital, where we talk about stuff, have fun, and nothing ever gets done. Enjoy.
1: sunshine
0: everybody loves the sunshine what's up podcast world it's dave and i'm back again i keep going away keep coming back and you know how i do it i'll do you know three four episodes and then i'll take a little break and then i come back and here i am again And that's what I did this time, except uh, last week I had a break because there was so much going on here in Texas, here in the Houston area specifically. So of course, everybody heard on the news, we had this big, I I don't want to call it a big snowstorm because we got one day of snow and that was Sunday night, early Monday morning when that happened, and so we got past that. And uh, I'm happy because finally my balls are thawed out because uh, it was pretty cold there for a while. It was pretty cold. Yeah, some of us didn't think we were gonna survive, but uh, we did, we did well, we did fine. So before I get started, I just want to thank Pops and the Chicanoish um cast, Beans and Buzz cuz uh Pops checked up on me uh during the week and just to uh, make sure that you know I was doing okay, the family was doing okay. So I really appreciate that uh, you reaching out to me. Um he was really worried cuz he knows down in Texas we can't handle the the shit that they handle up there in uh in Wisconsin in the Midwest which which is totally true we cannot we don't know how to do that and um you'll find out here once i get into the story but uh yeah big shout out and thanks to him i'm sure i'm sure everybody else that listens was worried about me and was making was 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 wondering if i was doing well i, I could feel the well wishes just pouring over me so um even though y'all didn't reach out personally i know y'all were thinking about me so uh i appreciate your thoughts but uh yeah last monday after um valentine's day see we didn't even celebrate valentine's day and we we actually my wife and i had actually planned on on doing something we don't always do something for valentine's day But um, this week we decided, yeah, because I wasn't going to be working. I said, yeah, let's do something. And then as we were looking at the weather and watching the news, they were forecasting this snow rolling in on Sunday night or this bad weather where it was going to, temperatures were just going to drop and it was going to start to precipitate. It was going to rain, sleet, snow, whatever, and it was going to freeze. And so I was like, all right, what's going to happen? And, of course, we start getting the notices. Schools were closed for, like, Monday and Tuesday just to be on the safe side. And uh, my job told us, it's like, all right, um, we'll just look at the weather and let's plan on showing up for work around 11 o'clock. Once the temperatures climb up, things start to thaw out and uh, it's not uh, freezing out there, and then we should be able to get in. And we'll, we'll, we'll work till about 5 o'clock. And they'd be done, and we'll do the same for Tuesday, and, and that's that will be the plan. So, of course, with school being called off over the weekend, because we get these notices from, from our school through, uh, actually, they bug us. They find us on text, on email, and then they send us automated phone calls telling us uh, about the status of school, which... You know, you can appreciate that because they make sure that uh, they get the word out and and you're notified one way or another. Um, And so kids were excited. No school and snow was coming, especially my little one, the 10 year old. He was all excited because I don't think he's been uh, I don't think he's ever experienced snow. Yeah, because it doesn't snow that often down here in Houston, in the Houston area north texas the dallas area austin northwest like el paso up in the panhandle they get that kind of weather on a regular basis down here in south texas not much doesn't happen very often and so we knew you know the city was going to be shut down for at least a day or two possibly and um come to find out or come to you know Uh, As it happened, the uh, shit, we we were out the whole week because um, of, you know, circumstances. The situation that happened with not just the weather and the the ice being on the streets, the streets being froze over, especially the overpasses, freeways and things like that. Um, But we we started to lose power. And uh, it was, it was... Something it was, yeah. It it was that was definitely a situation to deal with, and and I'll tell you what happened. So, uh, but first before we get into the story, uh, I want to do a little bit of history, so just to kind of put you into perspective, kind of give you an idea of where this came from and how we got to that point. So back in the nineteen thirties, Texas, being Texas, all right. We do our own thing here. Sometimes it's not always for the best interest of everybody. We just do it because we're Texas. But we decided we didn't want to be on the same power grid that the United States was going to be on. And apparently, from what I understand, there was two grids, one for the western part of the United States and one for the eastern part of the United States. And Texas said, nah, we'll do our own. So we were separate from the rest of the country. We separated ourselves from the rest of the country by building our own power grid here in Texas. And then in around the late 1990s, late 1999, early 2000s, um, Texas decided that they were going to deregulate, you know, the electrical energy, um, the business. It's like, you know what, we're not going to just get our power from, the regular utilities. We're gonna open it up to everybody. It's gonna be a full-on market, and uh, the all all of the all of the people that that subscribe to to electrical energy that use it, it it it's gonna it's gonna be good for them because they're gonna be able to save a lot of money because they're gonna get the best deal. And so, uh, back in two thousand two, Senate Bill number seven was approved, and they created this market of retail electric providers, REPs. And um, there was a lot to choose from, and you could go with anybody. Now, even though you chose, let's say, uh, Acme Electric Company, they still went through the same grid that, um, uh, let's say, Texas Electrical Company went through. Everybody, it was still through the same grid. You just chose who you could buy from. You, instead of having one choice, you had, like, about hundred. Right, So now fast forward to January 2021 and uh, all this cold temperature hits, all this cold, uh, the rain, the ice and the snow and sleet, not much rain, but, you know, freezing rain, all of that hit. And it affected our grid because it could not handle the demand. And the reason for that was. Again, we're down here. We don't experience weather and temperatures like they do up north or out in the east, you know. And so the private company that was um, over the, the grid, maintaining our grid, did not prepare well for this they did not winterize they didn't protect the grid like everybody else did and so that caused a lot of problems and uh the reason they didn't do it i guess they just figured it was going to be a waste of money Ah, we don't have to do it it'll never it'll never be an issue but they were wrong so the majority of the plants that put the um put the electricity out there You know, they're fueled by natural gas, coal, and wind, most of them, the majority of them. And so um, those resources also froze up, right? It affected everybody, all the different industries. And so the energy experts said that the gas lines supplying the gas-fired plants they, they may have frozen or that supplies to the plants may have been limited as gas was prioritized for homes that rely on gas for their heat. So the, those people that had, you know, gas furnaces and stuff like that, they were making sure that they were getting it to those customers first before they were letting it out to the power companies. And so that caused, you know, that caused an issue because they needed it for the power companies. But, you know, they had a commitment to their customers so we're sending it out here first. And so there was a shortage of that, too, as well. And uh, we, we just we just couldn't ha- we didn't have enough product, raw product to process into the usable energy and send it out. Right. So obviously there was a lot of finger pointing going on. You know, people were blaming Biden. <laughs> people were playing uh, blaming Trump. People were blaming God. But um, actually, the people that were to blame was the the, the people, like I mentioned earlier, that oversees our, our electrical grid. And um, they go by the name of ERCOT. That's the name of the company. It's actually called Electrical Reliability Council of Texas. A- and they manage the flow of electric power, uh, basically oversee grid reliability and operations to ensure that... The partic- all the particular buyers and sellers have, have the same access, that no one has an advantage over the other person. They want it to be a fair uh, and balanced uh, playing field, right? And so no one's going to have an advantage over another company in the market. And so that's their job. But by not winterizing... They failed on their reliability aspect of it. They did, they did not make sure that the company or that the uh, power grid was reliable through this uh, extreme weather. It failed, and it failed bad. So, So they decided, all right, we're in a pickle here. So to prevent the entire state from just shutting down and having no power, they decided let's do some rolling blackouts. We'll we'll shut off the power here and then we'll we'll turn it on over here and go back and forth so that everybody has power here and there. And um so they decided that that's what they were going to do, right? And it didn't happen. It didn't happen according to plan. And so people lost power everywhere, right? And so, roughly three and a half million people in the state of Texas were without power, and not just for like one day or two days. it was like several days. It was like three to four days right Half of those of the half of the three and a half million people that were without power were here in the Houston area so can you imagine some of these houses? And some of some of these houses, of course, like everywhere, you've got new construction, and then you got houses that were built here in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and so maybe they haven't been updated. They're not well insulated. Sometimes it's elderly people, and they don't, they can't do all that stuff. You had a lot of people that were freezing their asses off because no power. They and some people, all of their um, appliances run on electricity, so they had nothing to fall back on. And so, um, they started opening up these, uh, warming shelters and not only that, but all of these temperatures caused the, the plumbing, the pipes in some of the houses to, to burst. They, the the water froze up in there, expanded and boom, you start getting cracks and leaks and holes and some pipes just burst all together. Completely, and that that was happening everywhere, and of course there was a mad scramble to go to the uh, p- plumbing stores, uh, to go to the little True Value uh, places, Lowe's, and um, Home Depot, and all of the other mom and pop shops in in those areas in the suburbs in the city. I mean they were they were just being inundated. In fact, I know for a fact because. My sister-in-law, they lost power, right? They were without power, so they came and stayed with us. And then they ended up finding uh, out that, that they had a pipe that burst in their attic that came, from, that came from the heater, the boiler. So they had to go and look for those parts to replace it. And they made several trips. So, of course, you had all these people that were without power a lot of them they had no one to turn to they didn't have relatives like us to go to so what did they do the city started opening up um warming shelters you know just so that people could come in they they brought some belongings they set them up and um they 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 got fed they had heat they had water and so you know even though they were displaced from their houses at least they were out of the cold, you know, they were somewhere that they were, they felt safe, they were comfortable enough, comfortable enough to, you know, not to worry about freezing their asses off or freezing to death, actually, and so we had a lot of businesses that, that, that did that, in fact, everybody knows Mattress Mac, the guy's just unbelievable, Um, he's always doing stuff for the city, He opened up his furniture store on the north side and let people stay there. And, you know, he's got his showroom with all the furniture, the mattresses and stuff. He let people sleep there. And um, then afterwards, he had this big sale because he had these floor models that was like, all right, they've been used, basically. So let's have a big sale. And but I mean, he was bringing in water. He was bringing in food. He made sure that everybody, you know, was felt like they were at least close to being home if you've been here in the city of houston and you visited his site it's not a small store it's huge and he has more than just one location and so um he did a lot of good for the city and um thanks to him you know people were able to go somewhere and then there was others around the city so, But he's definitely the big one because everybody knows Mattress Mac. I mean, he's 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 the one that put the bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the, the Super Bowl and won. And he put that bet because if you went to his store and you bought furniture and uh, you guessed and you said, all right, when you buy the furniture, it's like, oh, all right, I'm going for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to win the um, the Super Bowl. Then you got your furniture for free. So his bet covered his losses at the store he does that shit all the time so yeah we had the um the uh the warming stations and uh there was a lot of people without water too no heat no water so you you can't stay in a house like that especially if you got kids not gonna bathe got no water for cooking no water for drinking nothing if you got pets same thing So, of course, not only was there a scramble for plumbing material, but there was a scramble for bottled water. Uh, And those that did have water, like us, we we never lost power. We never lost water. We never lost anything. Uh, We were told we had to boil it before we could consume it, before we could use it. I mean, you didn't have to use it. You didn't have to boil it for bathing or anything like that. But if you were going to cook and use water, you had to boil it first. And they said boil it three minutes and then you can use it. So that's that's what we were doing. But there was plenty of toilet paper and plenty of alcohol. That's, that's what you need. In those times where there's nothing else to do but eat and drink, you got to have plenty of snacks and plenty of alcohol. So, yeah, like I said, uh, these people, even though we're still dealing with the pandemic, these people were going out to these warming shelters because they said either we freeze our asses off here in the house or we take our chances and go to the warming center with all these other people as long as we're covered and we wear our masks and we try to keep our distance from people. And and they did that there. They, they made sure that they kept you know, the social distancing rules that, that are in place right now. Um, they took advantage of it. But like I said... We had no issues. Didn't lose power. We had water. We had food, alcohol, uh, no place to go. In fact, we didn't get out of the house till Wednesday. And that was uh, to take my sister-in-law to the, uh, to, well, first to her house. And then we took her to one of the hardware stores in her area. And uh, like I had said, she and her husband and her two kids and their dog stayed with us. And then my wife's brother was driving in from Louisiana because he was celebrating his first year anniversary, his wedding anniversary. So him and his his wife, uh, they get a message from their apartment complex saying that they have no no power. So it's like they were looking for a place to stay and they were calling hotels and... Hotels were, this was crazy because hotels were taking, they were they were renting rooms that they didn't have. They would call up, and it's like, yeah, give me a room, and then you'd get there, and it's like, oh, we're out. We're, we have no vacancy. It's like, what? So that was bullshit. So then he calls us up, and of course we said, yeah, just come on over. We We got room, and we made room. You know, we're Mexican. We're used to piling up on top of each other. Find a corner somewhere. Just get you a blanket and a pillow, and you're good. So, uh, yeah, they stayed for this. He stayed He stayed overnight because um, later that evening um, he was told that uh, power was back on, but they didn't want to risk it. They didn't want to go out all the way to their house, and then power goes out because that's what was happening. People would get power, and then they it would be on for, like, 15, 20 minutes, and then they would lose it again. They'd get power back on, it'd be on for a couple of hours, and then they'd lose it again. And it wasn't until Wednesday, Thursday, where everything kind of stabilized. And so they, were, they stayed overnight, and then the next morning, he checked with uh, one of his coworkers who also lived in the same apartment. He said, yeah, power's still on, it's good, it's stable, and uh, we have water too. So they said, all right, thanks, guys, and they headed home. Yeah, the reality of all of this is that, you know, Texas is not built for this type of weather. We can't handle it, especially in the Houston, Galveston area or South Texas along the the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, we don't see this kind of temperatures. We rarely experience the snow and and ice and stuff. More ice than snow, really. But we, we don't know how to drive in that stuff. You know, when that stuff starts covering the streets, we, we just don't go anywhere. The city shuts down because we're not prepared for it. They'll try to go out there and, and throw sand and that salt stuff on the ice. And I don't think they do a very good job, uh, or they don't do enough of it. And, and still it's an issue because one, I mean, we get a lot of rain down here and for Houston, And Texas, well, I could say for Houston for sure because I've lived here most of my life, but people do not know how to drive, even in the rain. I mean, we have accidents all over the place. They drive in high water and get flooded out. You know, they flood their cars out and everything. So driving with icy roads, not going to happen. Not going to happen. We're going to have accidents all over the place. And, you know, if you saw the week before, they had that big hundred and something car pile up in Fort Worth and then another smaller pile up in Austin. Because they were seeing they were up north and they were seeing the icy conditions and the bad weather before we it got to us. So they experienced it. So, yeah, I. We just here in Texas, we just don't know how to handle it. And, you know, my experience of driving in the ice, I've, I've, I, when I drove out on Wednesday, there were still some patches and you could tell when you were driving, when the, the truck or, you know, the truck that I was driving, when the tires were losing traction. And so I was keeping my speed, you know, I I was, I was, I was still, you know, driving the speed limit, but I was not driving you know, 70, 80 miles an hour on the freeway, especially in those spots where there's an overpass that goes over the freeway so the sun doesn't hit it and you can tell that there's an ice patch there. So, and we saw plenty of those. So we tried to steer around it as much as we could, move over to the other lane, and when we couldn't, we just, you know, prayed. But I remember, man, this was back... I want to say back in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. I remember we had a freeze and uh, I had to go to work. And my boss, I was talking to my boss and he says, well, just just try to make it in. Be careful. Take your time. But and if you can get here, great. If not, then just let me know. And so I was like, all right. So I set out and I don't think I'd ever driven on ice before, or I don't think I'd ever driven in those kind of conditions before. And it was cold. It was cold. So I set out. Of course, I'm still in my, I guess I'm in my twenties around this time. It was early on. I was 21, recently married, you know, on my own. It was just me and my wife. We sitting in an apartment, you know, living in an apartment. And so I get in my car and I drive off and I'm like half a mile from the house going down the main road uh, in that area. And I hit this icy patch. And it's funny because I I, I was actually already starting to break, but I I did not see the ice because I I was breaking because I was coming to a light. It it was a stoplight and it was red. So I was like, all right, I got to stop. So I started breaking way sooner than I should have, than I needed to, but I had to do it because of the conditions. And so I'm starting to slow down, and then all of a sudden, I hit that ice, and my car didn't slow down anymore. Actually, what it did was it just kept kind of gliding, and it was funny because I started turning. I started rotating. My car was spinning, but it wasn't spinning fast. It was like going real slow, like in slow motion. And when it stopped, I was facing the opposite direction. So I said, fuck it. I'm going home. This is a sign. There's no reason for me to try to get to work. Right off the bat, hit that patch of ice, turned me right around and said, not nah, Dave, not today, man. Go home. So I went straight home, called my boss and said, hey, I don't think I'm, a, I'm a driving this. So he said, all right, well, thanks for trying. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my experience of driving in ice and, uh, we have shit. We, we, we just don't de- deal well with it. I remember one time when I was in high school and it's just me and my brother, right? So my brother's eight years younger, seven and a half years younger than me. And at that time he was what? About 10. He was about 10 cause I was in high school. So he's about 10 and everything had froze up. Things were starting to melt and open back up and uh, he was hungry. My mom hadn't cooked. And so she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll order some pizza and you guys go pick it up. I was like, okay. So she ordered some pizza and about this time, my brother used to be really chunky when he was little. So food was the shit for him. Food was it. Right, so my uncles, I said, hey, we'll ride with y'all. So they, they, they drove, and it's like, all right. So they drove, and we went inside and waited for the pizza. And they had a couple of beers while they were waiting. We're sitting there talking, and I said, all right, your, your pizza's ready. So my brother jumps up, and he goes up to the counter, and they give him the pizza, and he's all excited, man. He's all bundled up in his big winter jacket. He's got the pizza. He's happy. He's ready to get home and just dive into it and so we're walking outside and uh we're walking on the sidewalk and then we're getting ready to step down to the parking lot right in front of the car well he's carrying the pizza box up here about chest high so he's not paying attention he steps off the curb and he hits ice and he slides down and lands on his ass and his back But he never drops the pizza box. Does not spill it. Does not open the box up. Nothing. Everything is intact. And that's all he cared about. He didn't care that he busted his ass. The pizza was saved. It was still good. Didn't lose the cheese. Didn't get stuck to the top of the box. Nothing. The pizza was good. And that's all he wanted to know. That's all he was hoping for. He would have been mad if that pizza would have been ruined if he'd have dropped it. So, yeah, that's 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 one of our few experiences. Hell, I had a friend from from the, the Houston area. He moved to Chicago, one of the northern suburbs up in Chicago. I forget the name of uh, the city. And, of course, Chicago gets snow on a regular basis, and he doesn't know how to drive in it. First winter that he's there... It snows, and he says, ah, it's no big deal. I'm going to go to work because it was dry. It wasn't like it was rainy stuff. You know, their snow is soft, and it packs. It wasn't like the snow that we got that was like little pellets that you try to form a ball, and it it, it was it wouldn't pack. It's just hard, so you got this nice, soft, feathery, fluffy snow up there. And so he's leaving his apartment, and he's driving to work and he gets stuck in the snow so he calls up work and it's like hey guys i'm uh i'm having some trouble getting to work because i got stuck in the snow didn't know how to drive in it didn't have snow tires didn't have the chains and it, it, it was pretty deep snow you know there was a lot that had fallen the night before so they said don't worry frankie we'll come get you where you at he says um I'm in my driveway. He never made it out of his driveway and got stuck. So they told him it's like, you know what, Reggie, just forget about it. Try coming into work tomorrow when it it warms up. So see, we, we we're just not experienced enough to deal with this. Now he's been in Chicago for a long time, so he could he can deal with it now. But the rest of us, no way. So now today is Monday, and it's a week later, and so we still got some cool weather, but not like before. It's I mean, it, we wake up in the mornings, and it's in the 50s. It's dry. There's no rain, nothing. So it's starting to clear up. Temperature's starting to come back up to where we 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 see them all, all the time, like in the 70s and the 80s. So yeah, I was, I was getting really, really tired of the cold weather. I'd rather have floods and hurricanes. I can deal with that. And, you know, with March right around the corner, won't be long before we get some sun and some heat. Like I said, just right around the corner. So, yeah, so that's my story. That's what happened to us. Everybody's good. We all survived. Unfortunately, we did have some people that did not here in the Houston area luckily it wasn't that many um so you know feel bad for them but the rest of us we we were able to make it through okay and you know hopefully it'll be another 10 15 years before we see that type of uh weather again so but yeah guys thanks for listening and uh I'm gonna keep those podcasts coming, those episodes coming. I've got uh, some ideas for a couple more uh, things that I'm gonna do. So yeah, just keep tuning in, keep listening. Those five of you that uh, you know listen every episode, I really appreciate you guys. I, I I if it weren't for you, I'd be talking to myself. So see ya.
1: These and things and flowers My life, my life, my life, my life And the sunshine Everybody loves the sunshine Sunshine